Welcome to Speak Up Talk Radio. I am Pat Rulo, and I'm so happy to share a recent Positive Change Podcast Award winner with you. She is Carolyn Keel, and her podcast is titled Beyond Six Seconds. Carolyn and her podcast won or placed in the following categories. Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, first place. Personal Journal, first place. Mental Health, first place. Inspiration, Motivation, second place. And Psychology, second place. And I am so looking forward to finding out more. So welcome to the network, Carolyn. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I've I've been looking forward to this. Just such an interesting topic. But before we get into it, congratulations on winning the Positive Change Podcast Award. Thank you. It's a really great honor. I'm, I'm so happy that this uh, this program exists and, and happy to have uh, been a winner in it. Oh, thank you. And your podcast really does make a positive change. So it's titled Beyond Six Seconds because first impressions can take only six seconds to make. But if you're neurodivergent, those quick judgments about you can be misleading. For those who may be unfamiliar with the word Let's just talk a bit about the word neurodivergent. Absolutely. So there is an overall sort of concept, movement, um, sort of descriptions are called neurodiversity in general, which basically says that um, people have different ways that their their brains are wired that cause them to uh, think, perceive, um, sometimes behave in different ways than what is considered generally typical behaviors, and depending on different, there are different types of um, neurodiversity. So the word neurodivergent refers to anyone who kind of diverges or differs from what's considered neurotypical or typical. So an example of that might be um, people who are autistic, people who have ADHD. Um, Those are the two most common um, neurodivergences that you might hear about, Um, but there are many others as well. So it could be anything from having, um, you know, Tourette syndrome, um, even having Down syndrome or other uh, conditions that might be considered developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities, and even some uh, mental um, health conditions like um, obsessive compulsive disorder, mm-hmm. schizophrenia. So it really is, you know, a very broadly defined term. And it is basically saying that people think, um, you know, literally there are wiring that is very different in um, in our brains that tends to make us think differently. Um, so I myself am autistic. I was diagnosed about a year ago, so um, very late diagnosis in my life, and that is part of the reason why I decided to focus my podcast on interviewing other people who are also neurodivergent. So some are autistic, some are not, but are otherwise neurodivergent, and um, that is part of the inspiration behind my show. Well, wow. how was it for you to go all of these years without putting a word to it so that you could figure out why things seemed different for you? It's different for every person, and the whole journey towards late diagnosis is an interesting one and uh, very different and personal, depending, I guess, on on who you are and your own experiences. But for me, I guess there's always, you know, you, you always have different ways of trying to understand yourself growing up and, you know, kind of get tagged with various labels. And, you know, being autistic is more than just a label. It really is a way of understanding yourself and putting a lot of your past experiences in context. And uh, in a lot of ways, it, looking back, it can make your whole life uh, 
make a lot more sense. So for me growing up, um, you know, I really didn't know a whole lot about autism. I grew up in the 80s and 90s where we had very narrow and stereotypical understandings of what autism was. Like, we think of Rain Man as like the big sort of breakout character um, that made a lot of people sort of shaped their views of autism. But it's much, much broader than that one characterization. Um, so I really didn't understand, um, honestly, what, what autism was. There was no real concept of neurodiversity. That is sort of a, a newer concept that's arisen in the past 10 years or so. So for me, it was, you know, I was, I did really well in school. Um, but there were other issues kind of looking, you know, I was always considered like very shy, um, very sensitive, um, you know, both with, you know, emotions, but also to the um, external environment to certain sensory stimuli. Um, you know, uh, some challenges, you know, I, ha I did have friends, like small groups of close friends, um, as many autistic girls can have, but, um, you know, always had challenges in like larger groups and, um, you know, some, a lot of social situations were really challenging for me, um, really relied on a lot of routines and found a lot of comfort in like eating a lot of the same things all the time and having very, you know, restricted and, and tight routines that were very comforting as well. So, um, but again, I, I sort of went through life and said, well, oh, I'm just like, you know, a very sensitive person or I'm just like really introverted or I'm just really shy or I'm just like not good at like, you know, having communications in groups. So you, you have all these impressions of yourself. And then with the, the diagnosis, it kind of brings a lot of that together. And it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of how I'm wired and how I think. So now I can sort of take away a lot of that judgment or shame or those sort of old labels and say, all right, well, you know, how do I want to proceed further? How do I make myself more comfortable, accommodate myself so that I can continue to thrive and, um, and, you know, reach my goals. So it's, um, it's kind of an interesting revelation once you have it. Oh my gosh. I, I am sure of that. And I'm also thinking because as you said, even the word neurodivergent is a more recent term, say in the last 10 years, I would hope then that late stage diagnosis seems to be on a downward turn. Yeah, I feel that, well, it's interesting. So people, you know, who are my age, sort of in our, our middle age here, um, and I think especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people, because it disrupted our lives so much. So once, you know, if your routines are disrupted and you are suddenly in distress and you, you know, and you're trying to figure out why, that mm -hmm. tends to have a lot of people trying to find answers for themselves. So I'm not saying that, you know, everybody just decided that like, oh, it could be autism. But, you know, other people late diagnosis did start to realize that they might have ADHD or they might have, you know, other sure. things that they were just sort of managing through their life. And then this sort of whole, you know, mm -hmm. pandemic thing came along and disrupted everything and people started taking a closer look at their lives and right. learning more about these conditions. So I think there is better diagnosis now, um, but I still, I like earlier in children, but I, I still think there's a long way to go. Sure, sure. Well, conversations and podcasts like the one that you host will surely go a long way. So I, I listened to a couple of your episodes and you just do a fabulous job. And as you said, there's such a spectrum of neurodiversity that it's not contained into just what we typically think. So you do cover a lot of topics. And I also like that the whole idea of first impressions, because people really do, as soon as you know you see somebody or meet somebody or they say the first mouthful, 
within the first six seconds, you do make such judgments. So I love the title, Beyond Six Seconds. How did that occur to you? So I've actually had the podcast for many years. I started it almost five years ago um, before I knew anything about neurodiversity. I started it as a general interview show. Um, basically, I wanted to give people a platform who I knew in my personal life, my online social media life, that I knew were working on really interesting projects or just had had really interesting experiences but weren't talking about it. So your first impression of them, wouldn't you, you wouldn't know anything about all these amazing things that they had done or the amazing people that they were. So I said, I want to have a podcast where people don't have to have that like tightly wrapped up perfect uh, story arc where they, you know it's like the hero's journey. Um, you don't have to have that because I feel like that kind of gives people a false impression of what how easy success looks where it, in fact it is not. So I started having people on my show who I knew were interesting people working on really interesting and uh, life-changing things, uh, whether it was, you know, volunteering as part of a charitable effort or starting their own business or um, just really interesting hobbies. And uh, it kind of grew from there. So Beyond Six Seconds always was about going beyond those first impressions. And then as I learned more about neurodiversity and uh, neurodivergent people, um, you know, I, I learned that a lot of times because we communicate differently, sometimes the first impressions that we make, um, even when if people don't know that we're neurodivergent or we don't know, um, you know, tend to not always be the greatest impressions. People tend to judge us according to um, other, like, typical types of expectations around society. So just a very simple example, like uh, many autistic people find um, continuous eye contact to be, uh, I'd say, uncomfortable, even painful at certain times. So, you know, you might meet someone who's not making a lot of eye contact with you when they're, you're talking or they're, you're talking to them and they're not really looking at you. And you're like, oh, this person isn't listening. This person isn't interested. Um, but in fact, it, it would be more distracting for them to look at your eyes because they can't hear you when they're looking at you. They're actually listening to you, even though it's not your expectation that they would be. Um, and they're not, you know, being deceptive. It's literally, that's just how they listen and how they communicate. So it's understandings like this that get misunderstood in those couple of seconds when you first meet someone um, that I wanted to just explore beyond that and really just give people time to uh, you know, share themselves and help people understand what it was like for them growing up and what it's been like for them in their adult lives as well. So fascinating to me personally, because my husband has ADHD and dyslexia and was never diagnosed until a couple years after I was with him. You know, some of these things, and, and I think also as he gets older, it gets to be a little bit more pronounced. And I could see that also when he meets people for the first time, you know, he just tends to keep talking and I could see their reaction to him. And it's just, it's, it's a very curious thing to watch. And it, it's kind of an interesting thing as a person living with somebody who thinks and processes differently. And as he's changing, I'm having to adapt to it as well. So your podcast is truly, truly helpful. And I so appreciate you. Oh, I'm so glad. It's I'm great, to he great to hear that. Yep. What's the feedback that you've been getting from folks? Yeah, I, I always do get feedback that people find the stories interesting. Um, it, it is really great to get feedback like the feedback that you just gave me about people who either have people who are neurodivergent in their lives or they themselves are um, neurodivergent as well. 
And I've even had, you know, some people in my wider social circle start thinking like, you know, I really relate to that person. And I've always kind of thought that I might, you know, be neurodivergent in some way. So, you know, it gets people thinking about themselves a little bit, which I think is great just to promote a better understanding of yourself, yeah. um, you know, to understand what, what, you know, other needs you may have and how to, how to meet those. So, um, so that's been really exciting. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think people just enjoy learning about different, um, you know, different types of people's experiences and, and their lives and uh, directly from them. Because I found that a lot of the media I was consuming about, say, autism, for example, was coming from, um, you know, autism experts who had gone to school and studied it or parents of autistic children who were sharing their stories. And while all those stories are important, I wasn't hearing anything from autistic adults. Mm -hmm. So that's why I mainly focus on talking to people who have that first-person understanding of what it's like to be neurodivergent. So helpful, and so helpful to those who live with folks that um, have some level of neurodiversity. Really, really helpful. So um, I want to kind of switch gears because we can see now how your podcast helps others, but how has your podcast helped you? How has it changed you or helped you, whether it's financially, personally, emotionally, spiritually? I mean, for me, it's just really great to be able to meet other neurodivergent people and have open conversations with them, you know, because it's it's interesting. I never, I mean, now I know more um, autistic people in my offline life, but before it's like I didn't even know any autistic adults at all. Like, it's like, oh, geez, like, how is that possible? But, but of course, there are there are many of us, some of us don't know that we're autistic, as an example, um, and, and other of us are just sort of, you know, going about our days. So it's really nice for me to make that connection and understand what I have, in, you know, sharing common experiences, understanding what I might have in common with people, and even hearing stories where I don't have different experiences. I just love learning about people's lives and experiences. It helps me connect with more people. Um, and just, uh, you know, I, I really love feeling like I'm making a difference. Like even, you know, it's only been about a year that I've focused on neurodiversity, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to see a bit of, um, you know, that influence and people being really, you know, even contacting me and being like, wow, I never knew this about, you know, what it's like living with Tourette syndrome or what it's like being a non-speaking autistic person, like what that experience is actually like learning from directly from those people. So, um, so that, that's been nice for me to hear. Absolutely. It's a growing process for you as well, I'm sure, just as mm -hmm. you these folks. So as far as podcasting goes, what's your favorite part of podcasting? There's a lot of it. I, I'm involved in the whole process, sort of from the very beginning, finding the guests and um, all the way through, you know, the interviewing, editing and, and marketing and sharing. Um, I really like looking for guests, which is, it's fun. It's like, even when I'm, I feel like I have like a full guest roster and I'm, I've got so much going on and my schedule is packed. I'm like, oh, maybe I could find like some people. Let me go on LinkedIn and search some <laughs> hashtags and see if anybody comes up and I can like contact them. So in order for me to keep myself from completely overwhelming myself, I keep a spreadsheet of sort of people that and profiles. I'm like, oh, this person's interesting. Maybe when I have some time, I'll go back and, mm -hmm. and see if I can contact them, see if they want to be on the show. So that's just fun for me. I love discovering people from all over the world who are willing to talk about um, yep. neurodiversity and their own neurodivergence as well. And, um, and I even like, you know, I like the editing process too. 
I know a lot of people don't like to edit, and uh, it takes me a long time, but it's uh, I find it to be a lot of fun, so I like that part as well. Oh, I love the editing process. Um, yeah, there's quite a talent to that, you, and you get better at that all of the time. I really do like to edit my work and other people's work as well. Your podcast, is it weekly? I don't recall. It's uh, every other week every other at this week. point, so every other Monday it comes out. Well, there you go with that overload of guests in your roster. You need to uh, <laughs> increase the frequency, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's tough. I mean, every other week, you know, I work a full-time job. I know. So it's, every other week is kind of what I can handle. I but, yeah, I mean, I easily could do every week or, or more considering how many guests I have. It's so true. Yeah. I was saying that kind of just teasing <laughs> you. It's just that there's only so many hours in the day. And people don't realize it, but there is a lot of work and time involved to put out a quality podcast. It's not just talking. As you said, that whole yeah. editing process, if you're adding music and those type of things. It takes time to do a quality job. Any advice for current or potential podcasters? Because I always have people who are considering podcasting and then they're just, well, I don't know the mechanics. How do I start? And there's so many questions. What advice would you give for somebody who's currently podcasting and wants to improve and someone who's kind of on the fence thinking about it? Let's see. I guess I'll start with someone who's on the fence. So, yeah, I see a lot of people posting in podcast groups about you know, I have this idea for a podcast. I'm trying to get validation, like, is this a good idea? Is this um, Talking to someone, you know, it, it's different if you want to start a business related to a podcast. That I can't really advise on as well. There's probably different things to keep in mind for that. But if you're someone who's a hobbyist and just want to try it out for fun or for your own personal goals, whatever they might be, and, you know, I would just say go for it, even if it's a topic that, you know, is – is one that you're not sure if anyone's going to be interested in, or even if it's like an oversaturated topic. Like I started with a general interview show, and even though it was a five years ago, you know, common, there's so many interview shows. So it's like, do, does the world need another interview show really? And it's like, well, you know, I have a passion. I, I have a specific angle. Why don't I just go out there, take the time, and, and try it out and see if people react to it? And they did. Um, so... That was something I wouldn't have known if I had never tried it out. And I took, in terms of the technology, I took things step by step. So, like, every day I would learn a little bit about, you know, what kind of microphone would work and, and what's, you know, what's a podcast hosting platform and, and, you know, where can I distribute my podcast? So, like, a little bit each day to just learn the whole mechanics of it. And there are great resources online that um, can help walk you through it as well. So, but it makes it less overwhelming to uh, learn a little bit every day. Right. And then current and then current podcasters, I mean, I would say just, you know, make sure that it fits in with, you know, the rest of your, I would say the rest of the balance of your life. So I know a lot of podcasters who will start and then get really either overwhelmed by the whole process and or get overwhelmed with other things in their lives and just say, you know, if it's a hobby, your podcast should fit in with your life. So if you have to, if you can't release every week, like, you know, so many people say that you should, it, it's okay. It's better to do it once every other week, once a month, than to do it every week and then burn out and then you hate it and you don't want to do it anymore. So it's, uh, you know, there are no hard, fast rules. Yes. Oh, thank you for saying that. That is so important. Um, I know most of the folks I work with, they are most successful when they do every other week to commit right out of the box for a weekly. It sounds good, but it really is time consuming to do. And I think the ones that I have found to be the most successful while they're still managing work and children and families and all the other things that come along with their life is to post one every other week. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Well, is there anything we missed today as we begin to wrap up? Anything we missed that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we covered a, a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you so much for uh, for having me on the show and letting me talk a little bit about my about my show. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh, my pleasure. Why don't you share then any and all contact info where folks can find out more about you, where they can hear your podcast. Just take us where we should go. Sure. So you can find all of my episodes and all of my social media links on my website, which is beyond6seconds.net. And that's the number six in in the uh, link there. So, yeah, if you go there, you can find everything, all all the different ways to contact me and all of my episodes that are actually categorized on that website by, um, you know, different types of neurodivergence. So you can look at different topics or you can kind of binge listen to the whole thing, whatever you'd like to do. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. All righty. So we're speaking with Carolyn Keel and her podcast, her winning podcast is titled Beyond Six Seconds. Thank you, Carolyn. I was so looking forward to this conversation today. And off air, I mentioned how you posted you and your picture with the uh, podcast trophy. And it just it just made my day. It made me so happy that you were happy. So congratulations. Keep up the good work and let's stay in touch. And anything I can do to help, let me know. Yeah, thank you so much. I have to say the uh, Positive Change Podcast Awards, it's such a great program. Like there's just so much involved with it. I just love everything that comes with it, in addition to the the recognition itself. So it's it's a really great holistic program. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you so much.